Welcome to Eat, Capture, Share, the podcast for food bloggers, food lovers, and everyone in between. My name is Kimberly. I'm your host. Episode 19. Hey everyone, it's Kimberly from The Little Plantation. Thank you so much for tuning in again. Super excited to be back. Today it is a solo episode. So if you tune in loads, you'll know that generally my podcast really has an interview format. But today is different. Today is just me. And the reason I thought about doing this podcast episode is because I'm doing a book writing diary and I asked on Instagram as well as inside my creative community, the Food Photo Insta creative community, whether you wanted me to share some of the lessons that I've learned whilst writing this book. I'm in week 15 of writing my book and the vast majority of you said that you did want me to share some of the learning experiences that I've had and that didn't actually surprise me because I know that many of you tuning in have this quiet dream, this wish, this hope to write your own book. Many of you dream of writing your own cookbook. And so I really felt and hoped that doing this episode would be helpful for you. So today what I'm going to do is share the five lessons that I've learned from writing my book proposal. So that's still the stage that I'm in. And I'm hoping to do another follow-up episode, maybe during season three, when I'm a little bit further along. The first lesson that I learned is that the best time to start is now. And I know I'm stating the obvious, but the truth is I really wanted to write this book, gosh, for so long, maybe about a year. And the reason I didn't the reason I kept putting it off because I was waiting for a better time, a time where I wasn't so busy or a time where I wasn't launching an e-course or a time where I wasn't running my one-to-ones or didn't have so much client work or, you know, whatever other excuse that came up. But what soon transpired to me and I mean, still is, is that there's always going to be something going on because that's life. And especially as a parent, or if you're working a nine-to-five you know, those are, that's just always going to be there. At least you're going to be responsible for little ones for quite some time. And you're probably going to be in your nine to five for a little while longer. And just waiting and waiting and putting it off just means that your book can't be born. And I know that your book deserves to be born just like mine does as well. And so at the beginning of 2019, I made the decision that now was the best time. And so that's where I'm at. Now, another reason that I personally put off writing my book, and I don't know if this is something that's affecting you as well, is I felt I didn't have a big enough audience that would buy my book. So what I did was say, okay, once I reach this number of email subscribers, or once I have this number of Instagram audience members or you know then my audience will be big enough and then I'm going to start writing my book but every time I reached that number I still felt like my audience wasn't big enough and I just realized that even if I doubled my 
email subscribers, if I doubled the amount of people who are listening to the podcast, if I doubled my Instagram audience numbers, I would still have that feeling. Yeah, so I just said, you know what, let's just let's just get this show on the road and start today. And then the only guarantee that I have that the book will do well isn't so much the number behind my name. Because truth is, you can have 200,000 Instagram followers and your book might still not perform well. You can have 10,000 Instagram followers or 50,000 Instagram followers and you might write a bestseller. The best I can do in ensuring that my book actually sells is write the best book I can at this point in time. That's the only thing that would give me some reassurance. And so that's what I'm focusing on. And With those two big obstacles out of the way, I felt able to start. And I really want you to urge you to start today too. And if you're listening to this podcast episode at 10 o'clock at night, then start tomorrow. But start because there will always be obstacles and there will always be reasons not to. And that's what's going to distinguish you from everybody else who dreams of writing a book is that you start. So please start. The second thing I have learned in this writing process is that you need to either love writing and or regularly practice your writing. I'm not quite sure how I would have even gotten to this point. I'm, I think, at nearly 20,000 words now if I hadn't been writing my blog for come to nearly five years, if I hadn't been writing copy on Instagram for almost as long, like all those things, even if nobody reads your blog, like all those spaces, even if no one reads your Instagram caption, they are spaces, opportunities for you to fine tune your writing. Now, I'm not suggesting that I'm this writing whiz. I'm not. Like, I know I'm not the best writer that ever walked the surface of the earth, but I do love writing. I love having thoughts in my mind and feelings in my heart and then just pouring it out onto paper. And especially with the book that I'm writing, I'll talk about that more in a second. It's quite technical. And so I love the challenge of thinking of ways that I can write all these technical things and make them feel and sound fun and exciting and inspirational. And I love that. I love it. And I think if I didn't, I'm not quite sure how I would be able to push through. And I do. And I know that about myself that I love writing, but I know that that love has grown through practice. That love has grown because I have been flexing my writing muscle. And so I would urge you to really nurture your blog, to really pay lots of attention to how you write your Instagram captions, see them as writing opportunities, because from personal experience, I can now say they were, they have helped me get to nearly 20,000 words now because I had that practice and because I know how you feel when you read my words, that has helped me make sure that the words that I write will hopefully resonate with you too. So yes, stretch that writing muscle, write, 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 write as much as you can. The third lesson that I have learned 
so far is that rejection is part of the process. I know, I wish it weren't so, but it is. I kind of knew that, but I pushed that thought to one side. I had just hoped that the two agents whose name I was given um, by friends would miraculously, either one of those would be the one for me. And that they would love the proposal that I wrote and that they would both really want to work with me. And if you've been following my writing journey on Instagram, then you'll know that neither of them wanted to work with me and both said no. So a little bit about that in what I learned uh, point four. But what I would say is that yeah, I wasn't jumping up and down for joy when that happened, but I also took so much away from those rejections. So I'm in the process of fine-tuning and finalizing my second proposal. So I revisited and revised that first one, and I'll talk about that more in a second. But really, I could only do that because of the rejections that I received and the learning that I got through that. But also I have joined a mastermind this season and one of my mentors there, Sarah Tasker, I will link to her in the show notes. I mean, she is incredible. She has a huge podcast audience. She has a huge Twitter audience. She has a huge Instagram audience where she is known as me and Orla. And she also went through rejection on her writing um, journey and I mean her book hashtag authentic which I actually have a copy of is amazing and it's a total bestseller and when she told me that somebody said no to her on her journey I mean my jaw dropped because it's so obvious that her book was gonna sell well because she's an incredible writer and she know I mean you know but it also made me realize that yeah rejection's just part of the process and I think you gotta brace yourself for that I hadn't and now that I know that it is I feel I feel much better I told her that I had had two rejections she's like okay basically you had no rejections and I think that was just spot on like I have a couple more rejections coming at me and um, now I'm ready for that and I hope you're too it's just part of the process and I think the best thing you can do is to learn and to soak up the feedback that you get that's what I did and then make your proposal better make it better Sorry to be interrupting your podcast experience, but I wanted to let you know that my free Instagram food photography challenge is now open for registration. It's free, it's fun, and it's a great way to join up with other creatives who are just as food obsessed as you are. Please head to the show notes for the link to all the details. I can't wait to see your creations. Now back to the podcast. The fourth thing I learned, and that was actually the biggest thing, is that your proposal needs to be brilliant. I don't think it can be good. I think it can be mediocre. I think it has to be brilliant. And that's a big mistake that I made. So in my defense, I just wasn't sure if I was on the right track, if 
my writing was good enough, if I was able to express myself well enough in the proposal. And I really was hoping that I would present my proposal to somebody, uh, an agent, and that they would really be super keen to work with me and then help me fine tune the proposal for publishers. And so the proposal that I sent out really didn't showcase my best and most interesting work. It didn't include any pictures and the formatting was okay. I could have done better. I really relied on the fact that the agents would use their imagination, that they would understand where I was taking this. And that was a huge mistake. I needed to present the proposal in its most polished form, almost the way that you would present a book to showcase my best chapters with my most brilliant photography so that the agents and also the publishers didn't have to imagine, but were actually presented with what it is that is in my mind, like the vision that I have. They didn't have to do any guessing or, you know, going back and forth between my writing and then my Instagram profile. Like it had to all be there. Now that's not to say that you might not find an agent who is very happy with you sending a flimsy piece of paper and, you know, your idea is so brilliant. They instantly sign you on and and work with you and help you fine tune your proposal. Like that's totally possible, but it's unlikely. What I've come to realize is that lots of agents receive proposals daily and unless your proposal is really, really fine tuned and really well executed, it's going to get lost. And I was just so lucky I that they even took the time to read it. Like I feel so lucky they took the time and they gave me some incredible pointers, but I'm not going to make that mistake again. So I want to backtrack a little bit as well because I submitted, no, actually, let me formulate this differently. Have you ever watched The X Factor or Britain's Got Talent or American Idol? Like a lot of the times there are singers there who have beautiful voices, but they choose the wrong song. Like the song doesn't allow them to showcase their voice to the max. And I kind of feel that that's how I look at my book proposal as well. The chapter that I submitted really didn't showcase my strength as a writer and as a communicator and also as an artist. It was the wrong choice. And the two chapters that I'm submitting now in this new proposal are much more me and will also include lots lots of imagery. So if you're writing a cookbook proposal, for example, I would say really think about the sample chapters or the sample recipes that you're going to submit. Don't go with just the easiest, which is what I did. Go with the ones that really showcase your skills and your unique skills. Go with that. If rejection comes your way, then use the feedback that you receive to make your proposal better and stronger and better and stronger. And don't let it knock you down. Like if you believe in your book, I believe in my book. I believe that it deserves to be out in the world. Like I believe that in my heart. I just know it. 
And so, as I said before, I wasn't jumping up and down when I got the rejection, but it didn't pull me off course. Like, I know this book has to be written. That's just, that's it. Yeah. (laughs) Now, just to say, because I know loads of you have asked and suggested very kindly, actually, as to whether I want to self-publish or, you know, said, you know, forget those agents, just self-publish. So when I close my eyes and think about what this book is going to look like, I don't see it being a self-published book. That's not what I see when I close my eyes. That's just not what I see. I, I feel that it's strong enough and good enough to be recognized by a publisher and taken on by a publisher. And so that is really what I'm aiming for. Also, I know where my strengths lie. My strengths lie in communicating the topic of my book, shooting the images for my book. It doesn't lie in book design. I'm not an editor. I would need to get one. And printing, I know nothing about printing, what paper works good, what paper isn't. You know, all those details, I don't know. And I'd love to yeah, put that in the hands of somebody who does know. And that's what publishers are good at that's what they understand that's what they're there for so that's the route i would like to go down now if for whatever reason it doesn't happen for me and that is possible i would still want the book to be born and i would then go down the self-publishing route it would just be very costly because i'd have to hire an editor and i'd have to hire a book designer but I believe enough in it to make that happen. I might do Kickstarter or whatever. Like I would still do it. I wouldn't let that stop me from making this book a reality. But it's not what's in my vision of where this is going. But I believe enough in it. I want this enough to go down the self-publishing route if need be. So for those of you who are asking, that's where I'm at. Now the last lesson that I have learned is that it's super important to carve out time in your diary to make the writing process happen. So of course, this is just for me and what works for me, but I try and block out times in my diary where, well, it's for writing and nothing else. So I don't take calls there. I'm not allowed to check my email or check into Instagram and Also, what's really helpful too is to have that always be at the same time. So my writing slot is from six till seven in the morning because generally the house, the rest of the house is still sleeping and I've not really gotten into the swing of answering emails and my headspace is just free and open to write. I'm a morning person that works for me. If you know that you work better in the evenings or if you don't have the school run to contend with or what have you, then find another slot. But just blocking that out and making a commitment to that really, really helps. Those are the lessons that I have learned. I hope that some of them resonate, some of them light a fire in your belly and get you going and get you started on your project please 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 if you're thinking about writing a book tm me let me know where you're at and what your journey has been so far also a couple of things i'd like to announce so firstly i will 
pop some really helpful links in the show notes. One that links to an episode by Sarah Tasker, all about writing a book and getting it published and all those things. There's also a brilliant episode by my absolute favorite, Seth Godin, about writing a book and what it means. And I heard a really, really gorgeous episode on Keep Calm and Cook On, I think it's called. Also all about writing a book, specifically all about writing a cookbook. So I will link to all those three super helpful podcast episodes in the show notes. If you're serious about writing your book, if you need further inspiration, guidance, a different perspective, I would definitely recommend to check those out. Secondly, I haven't actually told you what the book is about. Now, if you are a member of my Instagram audience and you tune into my writing diary on Instagram, you already know, but I know a couple of you are here and don't follow me on Instagram. You're not part of my audience there. So I'm not writing a cookbook. I'm writing a book about food photography, food styling, and visual storytelling. And that's what the book is about. A couple of you have asked whether I will write a cookbook and I will write a cookbook. It's just not the book that I feel I am called to write at this point in time. And there's so many cookbooks out on the market. Uh, so when I bring out my cookbook, I want to be sure that I'm adding something useful and beautiful and different to the conversation and until I don't have that moment and that vision in my mind I'm not gonna write it but the vision for the food photography book is really strong and so that's the book that I'm writing thirdly I am in the midst of planning a two-day workshop in September the dates have not been set yet and I'm meeting with my co-teacher next week I believe and we're looking at fine-tuning the details of the workshop, but essentially it's all about cookbook writing and writing a, a proposal and putting that together and shooting and styling with that in mind. So if you're thinking about writing a book, specifically if you're thinking about writing a cookbook and you'd like to find out more, then please DM me. I would love to hear from you. Alternatively, you can pop me an email at Kimberly at thelittleplantation.co.uk. I would even prefer you do that over DMing me on Instagram because I can be way wordier there than I can on DM on Instagram. So yes, I'd love, love, love to tell you a little bit more. And um, I'm super excited about this workshop. Two more things and then I'm going to let you go because I know I've rambled on for a very long time. My mouth is dry. That's always a really good indication that I've talked way more than I should. So if you'd like to follow along on my book writing journey, I do a sort of weekly-ish, um, I do kind of like a weekly-ish Instagram story about my book writing process. I've also saved it all as a highlight called book diary on Instagram. So um, the little plantation on Instagram, if you want to catch up on where I am and what's been happening, just check out the highlights. And if not, check out my Instagram stories where usually on Thursdays, sometimes on Sundays, I give an update on where the thing is at, where my book is at. And finally, I have prepared a PDF just for you around 
suggestions, ideas, and a guideline as to how to structure your cookbook proposal, taking all that I've learned so far of putting a proposal together, putting that into that PDF. It's printable, it's free, it's downloadable, and you will be able to find it in the show notes. The link will be in the show notes. So if you're thinking about writing a book, definitely, definitely check out that PDF because it's got your name written all over it. I'll be back same time, same place next week with the usual format of an interview. It's a wonderful one all about branding. So I hope to see you then. Before I leave you, firstly, I just wanted to say thank you so, so much for tuning in and listening. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. I'd also like to let you know that this podcast was brought to you by my free creative community, the Food Photo Insta Creative Community on Facebook, and I would love for you to join. I will pop the notes of how you can join uh, my creative community down in the show notes, so do go and check it out. Also, if you enjoy the podcast, it would mean so much if you can rate, review, and subscribe. All those things will help the podcast to grow and to reach the right audience. And yeah, you'd kind of make my day. All right. See you soon. Take care.